welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. Today we have a special guest, my husband, John Adams, who is going to give us some advice and stories about classic cars and how to buy a classic car and how not to buy a classic car. Uh, John has been in the restoration business for 35 years. He has worked on multiple show-winning cars and motorcycles. He has vehicles brought to him and sent to him from places as far away as France and Germany and England, as well as all over the United States. His expertise in and uh, ability to fix things that other mechanics can't fix has earned him a well-deserved reputation as an expert classic car mechanic. So welcome to the podcast, John. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Glad to be here. So how do you like working on classic cars? Well, um, you know, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> so 35 years. Yeah. So you, you basically started when you were like five years old or something. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you did start young, though. Right. Yeah, I started uh, working in a gas station at 14. And uh, I think uh, at 14, they had me working on an MG uh, midget, uh, doing some engine work on that. And then uh, it wasn't long. Uh, I did some work on a Rolls Royce. And I, at the time, I, I was pretty uh, pretty smitten with that. Thought, wow, you know, I've, you know. Really made the big time. I've worked on a Rolls Royce, but you know, later later learned that's uh, that's not anything to be uh, <laughs> excited about. <laughs> not your favorite car? No, not necessarily. No. So, tell tell us what what are your favorite cars to work on? Well, I do a lot of Ford products, uh, old Thunderbirds, uh, fifty five to fifty seven. Uh, do some of the bigger birds, uh, you know, from 58 to 66, uh, as well as full-size Ford cars, 55 to 59 or 60 or what. Uh, uh, but, you know, can, uh, you know, those are kind of what I do have done the most of, let's say. Uh, you know, a lot of Chevrolets and, and other Corvettes. vehicles. You know... Not so many Corvettes just because I can't physically fit in them to work on them. Uh, but you, you know how to work on them. Yeah, I mean, Aren't yeah. they pretty similar to T-Birds? Uh, not really, no. The The Corvette is actually a, a true sports car, and the T-Bird was more of a personal luxury car. So there's a there's a big difference, big difference in suspensions and and just the general layout of the car. Okay, uh, that shows what I know then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've only been married 30 years, and for yeah. some reason I thought they were similar, so no. I guess I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So you're going to give us some advice today on, on buying a classic car. Is, is that something that is kind of hard to, to do correctly? Uh, if, if you don't do your homework, um, yeah, I mean, it, it can be, you know, it, it's like jumping in a, a, a pool of sharks. Uh, uh, you know, you really got to be on your toes and really kind of have your ducks in a row and know what you're doing. Uh, or, or hire somebody to help you, or or have somebody that you know and trust uh, to uh, guide you uh, to just jump in it cold, uh, you know, and and just just uh, to get uh, taken up in the heat of the moment and and to go, hey, I want to go get an old car. Chances are you're you're going to get taken, you know. It's uh, hate to say it, but <laughs> so you you have seen hundreds or maybe thousands of cars in your in your years of working on them oh yeah is is there is there a a car that has been like a good like a a solid car that you would think of that you know is like a favorite one that people like to buy well of course uh you know, 55 to 57 Chevrolets. Uh, I've always had a soft spot for 58 Chevrolets. Um, you know, uh, the the 55 to uh, 57 Ford passenger cars are actually, you know, good solid cars, you know. Uh, uh, you know, great investment and a good car, you know. That's like a popular one in car shows, too. Well, sure, sure, and the and the like, I say the 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 tri five Chevys, uh, those you, you just couldn't go wrong really with those. But there's a bunch of them around. I mean, if a, if a person's wanting to set themselves apart, obviously you wouldn't want to get a, a Chevy. <laughs> there's less Fords out there. Let's put it that way. Well, I guess that was was that kind of a time period when more more people were buying cars and so there was just a lot of them made well i think in those years uh in the 50s i think ford actually outsold chevrolet but there seems to be more of the chevrolets around um and i think that was just you know through attrition and rust and whatnot uh, the fords tended to rust more um and, and maybe the aftermarket i think the aftermarket uh, made things for the Chevrolets way before anybody started making stuff for the Fords. So the Chevrolets kind of had a head start in the aftermarket as far as parts availability. So that kept more of them on the road, you know. Well, what other cars were being sold in the 50s? Well, oh, gosh, there's 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 tons of them. I mean, and, 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 well, I mean they were really popular. Oh, well, of course, Corvettes. Uh, you know, any of the year Corvettes are very popular and have a have a great following of clubs and people. Um, what about, um, I mean, actually sold during those years? Like, were there other brands? Well, sure, sure. I mean, gosh, Pontiac had some great cars and, and Oldsmobile and Cadillac, of course, and, uh, you know, Studebaker and Nash. I mean, there was there was so many brands, of course, that by the end of the 50s, I guess, or 60s. A lot of these 
uh, orphan brands, I guess they're called. They kind of fell by the wayside, got absorbed into American Motors or something like that. And, uh, and, uh, so yeah, they're, you know, some of them went away, but they all made, they all made decent cars and it's just, it's just what, what has been popular with people, you know, or certain ones. And so that's where the aftermarket will gravitate to make parts. So, you know, not to say that some of these other cars weren't great cars. Uh, they were, but, you know, if, if there's no parts, people people don't want to build them or, you know, because it's going to be a nightmare, you know, trying to do it. So, so is that why there's so many 55s and and in those years uh, in car shows and sure. so many people collect them because you can actually get the parts. Sure. You can, I mean, literally uh, uh 55 Chevrolet, 57 Chevrolet, you can build, you, if you have the basic body, you could build the whole rest of the car out of a catalog these days. Hmm. Uh, and, and now there's a company that's actually reproducing complete bodies. So you don't even need to, <laughs> you don't even need a good body anymore. You can get a new body. I mean, uh, um, huh. so yeah, it's, it's, it's come a long way, come a long way. So. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know if, if someone wanted to buy a car that, mm-hmm. that, well, that's, to look for one that actually has yeah. parts availability. Well, it, it, and you're going to tell yeah. me more about that later. Sure. Sure. Um, before we launch into some more details about buying, uh, can you share a story with us about you know how not to buy a car, or or, or maybe some a story where something went wrong? Well, sure, yeah. There's there's one that kind of comes to mind. Uh, a gentleman that I know that um, uh, is just a super swell guy and uh, loves to loves to buy cars, goes to the big auctions. Uh, uh, you know, is is not shy about buying cars. Has a huge collection, uh, over two hundred vehicles. Um, he had uh, he had bought a um, a Chrysler product, you know, from the seventies, and I forget whether it was a uh, a Barracuda or a Challenger or something like that. It was a you know a high end high end car, um, you know, with a big big block motor and four speed and all this good stuff. Uh, you know, so it was a, it was a high dollar car and I'm sure he paid, he paid well for it. Um, you know, after, after the auction's over, they, they load these things on, you know, big trucks and, you know, a week or so later, these things show up at his shop and he has a, he has a a mechanic guy that, uh, you know, checks them out and puts them into the, into the collection. Well, uh, they got to looking at this car and poking around underneath and with a screwdriver, just kind of, you know, randomly just kind of poking and checking the floorboards and looking for anything. And uh, he happened to poke a cross member that uh, ties the uh, torsion bar front suspension together. Is that it, like part of the frame? Yeah, it's part of it. Well, on those cars, they're what they call a unibody. But this this cross member is is yes you would consider it part of a frame it, it's 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 holding suspension so it's got to be very strong anyhow he pokes it with a screwdriver and he hears a crunching sound and he pokes it in another spot and hears this crunching and crunching and he's like what in the world and 
Uh-oh. Yeah, starts looking at it, and what they had done was the, the cross member had, had almost completely rusted out, and they had uh, filled it with this uh, foam fill that you get, like, at Home Depot or Lowe's or something, and they had filled it with that. They had They had smoothed it off to make it nice and square and rectangle like the cross member. And then they had sprayed uh, black undercoating all over it and, and the floor, the bottom of the floor of the car. So it all blended in together and it all looked like nice, neat black and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but needless to say, this car had major, major structural rust damage. And uh, he did, uh, he was able to get the auction company to take that car back and he did get his money back. And, uh, you know, it caused quite a quite a fuss but uh i can imagine I yeah i bet he was not not a happy <laughs> not camper. not a happy camper not a happy camper uh so yeah so it, it can even happen it can even happen to a a an experienced an experienced buyer, buyer mm-hmm. yes can even get bit sure yeah okay so speaking of auctions um I've seen some, I've watched some of those auctions on TV with you and some of those cars sell for outrageous prices, uh, really high prices. And, you know, when we've been watching them, you've told me before that those cars were not worth what they were selling for. Right. Um, so why, why do they go for so much on those TV shows? <clears throat> well... <clears throat> I think it's 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 the auction, uh, it's the auction atmosphere. Um, you know, they they of course want to get a premium price for a car, set a precedence on price for a car, uh, but but also part of their <laughs> part of their their you know deal is is they get these guys with lots of money in there. They uh, they give them a lot of free alcohol and whatnot, and uh, you know, uh, with sometimes with all this money comes big egos, you know, and uh, you know, one guy starts bidding, and well, this other guy, I'm gonna outdo him, and and they get into a pissing match, and before, and they know they're on TV. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't, and they they want to be the guy that wins, you know, yeah. they want to be the guy that wins, and they maybe didn't set out to pay twice what a car's worth or three times what a car's worth but they they just can't help themselves and so mm-hmm. yeah so then the next thing you know you see this you know car that you could uh, go in say Hemmings Motor News or something like that and you could find them for you know 10 to 12,000 all day long in very nice condition and all of a sudden here's one on you see on your TV go by at you know 32,000 and you you know yeah you ask yourself what but it's so not you have worth that. <laughs> yeah, and you have to you have to remember the auction, uh, auctions and and the things that you see on TV are, are not the real world. They just aren't as far as the old cars. Didn't go. didn't we see some on like a Pawn Stars too? Yeah, 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 and and the, the it was some show the Gas Monkey guy. Gas he monkey. was always selling stuff, yeah. trying to trying to make some killer profit and everything. And you know him as a seller. Oh, he loves it when those guys, you know, get in a battle over one of his cars, you know? That's, oh, it's a fantastic payday for him, mm-hmm. you know? But 
but as far as the average person wanting to get into an old car, stay away from auctions. Don't, don't, I mean, go there just to look, but, and, and to learn, but don't buy there. <laughs> well, are there, are there, okay, there's more than one kind of auction. There's like the really high dollar ones. Right. What about some, isn't there one in Houston that's, well, uh, at, more at Autorama uh, every year they have they have an auction there, sure. And well, you can, isn't there another another auction in, in Houston that peep that's like regular, like not just well that, the Autorama? That but that's not for antique and classic cars. That's that's like, you know, that's where used car lot guys go to buy cars. Oh okay. yeah, that's that's a whole nother whole nother ball game there. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh let's take a short break for a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back with with um, more questions for our expert John Adams thanks hear that believe it or not summer is just around the corner luckily armor all America's most trusted auto appearance brand has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Okay, we're back. So our next question for John is, where would you recommend a person start their search for a classic car? Well, probably the the best thing uh, a person could do is uh, visit some local car shows. Um, you know, car shows are a great place to find out what you like, what you're interested in, as well as to meet people that own these cars. And, you know, they can, if you, you know, most of them are more than willing to talk and they love to talk about their car, you know, so they can they can uh, tell you about, let's say, a, a particular car you're interested in or you like. Um, they can help and, and tell you about parts availability, club, uh, club networks, you know, that are out there for these cars. Um, you know how the aftermarket part situation is for that particular car, uh, you know. And give you a, give you an idea of of you know if it's a good investment. You 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 got to remember that um, in in the old car world and as far as uh, restoring and fixing up an old car, um, there's a there's a, a a three to one rule. It's it's a two to one or three to one rule. Okay, applies. And what that means is <clears throat> is you can usually buy two or three of them that are done, ready to go cars for what it would cost you to restore one of them. You see? Mm. And and like I say, some cars are worse than others. Some cars, it's a three to one. That's if you're paying someone. Well, yeah, most of them, it's a two to one uh, ratio of money. So uh, you got to keep that in mind. Uh, uh, but car, anyways... Uh, Car shows are a great place to kind of get your feet wet, find out what you're interested in. Uh, you know, a lot of people 
maybe already have an idea, you know, I had uh, such and such car back in high school and I want another one, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, but it, it helps to, to find out, you know, you may not want to get into that car if there's no parts available and, you know, they're not, you know, they're, they're impossible to find or, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a tough deal, but, um, it's, okay. What about um what if you what if you have a little bit of information already about the type of car that you want to find um and you know where's a good place to actually look at cars that are available for sale like a listing. Well, uh I I would recommend anybody um go go to a newsstand or you can go online I'm sure and and get get a subscription uh there's there's a book called Hemmings Motor News and it is it is the bible of the old car industry uh as far as cars for sale parts for sale uh, memorabilia any anything having to do with old antique classic cars and virtually every brand you could imagine has has something in that book. Um so yeah, if you were interested in let's say uh you know, uh, a 64 Chevrolet or something. Um there's plenty of them in there for sale and and you can also find parts for them, either used parts or you'll find vendors of aftermarket parts. Uh the Hemmings Motor News is probably the the a number one uh resource for the for the old car hobby you know and and has been for gosh forty forty some odd years uh you know and it it's still going strong uh you know of course the the internet i mean there's there's place like uh you know facebook marketplace craigslist uh auto trader i mean there's there's several places where you can go and seek out, you know, punch in what you're after and you, and you might find something, you know, but, uh, but Hemmings is going to have, I guess, more of the things that you're going to need once you acquire a car, you know? (laughs) What about, um, searching like online? Um, are there, Oh, eBay. There's always eBay. Oh, like eBay motor. What's it called? Yeah, eBay Motors. eBay Motors. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Um, how do you know? Um, how how well? Let's see. How do you know if it's any good? <laughs> well, I. What are some signs that the person you're dealing with is is a trustworthy sale seller well you know most of the time um they will be very upfront uh uh and very open to you if you wanted to have a your own mechanic uh inspect the car or you wanted to hire an inspector to check out the car or you know have somebody drive it or 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 let you even, you know, take it to your mechanic and have it looked at, uh, um, 
you know, they'll be more upfront, more, more willing to, you know, see that, you know, and, and there's nothing hidden, you know, uh, so maybe they'll have some records. Yeah. They'll, oh yeah. Uh, records of what they've done. And, and, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, maybe photographs of, of work that's they've done or have done, uh, had done, I should say. Um, sure. There, there'll be more of that. I mean, uh, you know, if, if somebody was, you know, didn't want you to look at it too close and was trying to rush you, you know, uh, that, that's probably a red flag, you know? Okay. Um, I guess usually people are a little bit excited and, and eager. Emotional maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So right. you're saying to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of check your, uh, check your emotions there at the door. Um, uh, because it's, it's so easy to get caught up in the moment and, and, and just, you know, make a bad decision, you know, on, on something. Um, I know you have seen, I've seen plenty where, you know, people have, have brought me a car that is, uh, some kind of a rat infested rust, (laughs) you know, rusted out Hulk that's been out in a pasture for 40 years but it's just like the one they had. Just like the one they had, and they got it cheap, <laughs> and they want to do this car. And I keep telling them, don't, know. you don't know. This is a parts car. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And, you know, there's been people and that have been... they spend way too much. Yes, that have been very persistent. And then, then when it's all said and done, then they cry about how much it cost. Like I told you, but some people just don't listen. Let's talk about, or some people have a, a, uh, you know, maybe it was Grandpa's car that has been sitting out in that field, right? And they want to get it, and they want they want to get it going because it was Grandpa's, and we got to keep it in the family. Well, that's all good, but for, like I say, for you know, a a third or or half of what they're going to spend, they could go buy one that's already done and just tell everybody it's Grandpa's car, you know. So, what was I going to say about that? Um, Got you all flustered, huh? <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Now, um, what what are some what are some things that can cause a restoration, or just even a you know getting it back on the road to be way more expensive than? people expect i mean well people people always want to blame the mechanic sure, they think sure. the mechanic is a crook. ripping them off <laughs> they they don't understand so so now's well, your chance yeah well okay to tell people why is it so expensive well okay first of all you know people have a a have it in their head that it's an old car they're simple Okay, they're simple, they're old, they were such simpler time, everything was simple, you could work on it yourself, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, a lot of that's true, but that was back when the car was only two to five years old, maybe 10 years old, okay? Now these cars are 50 and 60 and 70 years old, you know? And you touch one thing and 
it breaks and and screws bust off and things come apart and and or you unearth and find other problems as you're fixing something you see so it it tends to snowball uh it can be very very expensive to pay somebody to do it i i always recommend that if you're going to get into the old car uh world you should you should try to do absolutely as much labor and work on the car yourself as you can uh number 1 you'll you'll have a a deeper connection with your car you'll know your car better inside and out uh, but also you will save a bunch of money a bunch of money and you know it's you're more involved you're you know you, you know you're you're part of it um I mean, that's originally how the hobby started was guys that were just, you know, gearheads and stuff. And they worked on fiddled with an old car, you know, and, you know, nowadays it's a whole different world. Everybody's looking at it from an investment point, uh, you know, or something like that. Nostalgia reasons, whatnot. Uh, do you do in your opinion is a classic car an investment or is it? Is it more of a luxury? Well, no, they can they can be a great investment. I mean, uh, certain cars, certain cars. You have to be, you have to really be, um, you know, reading the market and 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 getting a certain car. Uh, uh, you got to remember that, you know, at one time, uh, let's just say the 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 little Thunderbirds, the fifty five, fifty seven Thunderbirds. At one point, those cars were bringing, you know, fifty fifty thousand dollars. You know, well then then the market went soft and and they've they've declined and declined down, and part of it is due to the the people that were into those cars start dying off. Mm, you know, and mm-hmm. the younger generation, I don't know if they if they really care so much about a 57 Thunderbird, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, people tend to want cars from their youth and their era, you know? So as, as time marches on, just like with the model A's and model T's, there's not near as strong a presence of, of the model A and model T club as there used to be, just because that was so long ago. Yeah, those guys that know all about those cars and 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 really, you know, loved and cherished those cars. Those fellows are passing on, and we see it daily, where the children after these folks pass on, the children they just want to liquidate it. Hmm. They just want to get rid of it, and they want to split up the money, and they don't give a they don't give a hoot about grandpa's passion for this old car. You know, so. so where you work, y'all also do consignment. So are are the the cars that are selling now a little bit newer? Uh, yeah, sometimes, but but you know you. Still, I mean, newer than fifties. Oh well, yeah, yeah, fifties, sixty. I mean, muscle cars are hot right now. You know, uh, what are those seventies? Well, no, no. Well, yeah, from from the sixties, from the let's just say from about sixty. Uh, 62, let's just say just 62 to about uh, 72. That was kind of the muscle car era. 
and um, before they detuned everything and they, you know, the gas crunch of the 70s and all that BS came. Um, so those muscle car years, um, you, those are, those are a, a sure sell, <laughs> you know, they don't stay around long. They get, they get sold. Somebody's always coming, asking, uh, you know, Hey, I, I'm looking for Chevelles. I'm looking for, you know, Barracudas. I want to, you know, I want this, I want that, you know, a Trans Am or whatnot, you know, and those are hard to keep around because those are the people with money now, right? They, they've, they've, they've gotten enough money. The, the, the young, the, I guess, I don't know, tail end of the baby boomers or whatnot, you know, they have enough money to spend on something like that. And they're wanting to relive, you know, relive their so youth. Yeah. People in their fifties. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. A lot of it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we don't see near as many uh, Model A's, Model T's uh, for sale. I mean, we, we do get a few now and then, and, and they do sell, but they're not the hot one. You know, uh, uh, it, it's it's the muscle cars right now seems to be the seems to be the one people like. I mean, well. But there is a car for everybody out there. You yeah, know? talk a little bit about the hot rod craze. Well, you mean like, well, like the, say with the Model A's and, and things like that. Yeah, like the custom. Yeah, not many people, you know, nowadays, most people want to make a hot rod out of stuff like that. They, there's not many guys, younger guys around that want to preserve it as a stock form. Mm-hmm. So that, you know. that might be like a another it's like a rebirth yeah in a different form. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. I mean the car's still popular but in a different way. Yeah. You know, in a different way. So cuz those are the younger the younger kids like sure 30s yeah, they yeah, they and they want to do a rat rod or hot rod and whatnot, of course. Mm-hmm. It, it drives the purist crazy and all that. <laughs> but, you know, hey, uh, you buy it, you build it how you want it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I know like a 59 or those, those big trucks, mm-hmm. everybody loves those trucks, those 59 Chevys, those whatever well all the all the all the pickup trucks of the 50s are popular yeah those seem like they'll never go out of style you know that that's something uh that's is i'm glad you bring that up that's a good point uh pickup trucks always sell well you know always sell well um because so many people can relate to a truck because a pickup's been in their life or on the farm or this that or the other now now they've They've got a bunch of money and they buy a farm. Well, we got to have an old truck, you know, to go into town <laughs> to go get donuts or something. So, um, yeah, pickup trucks are a great, uh, that's a great, and, and, you know, a lot of times pickup trucks can be had quite reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't got to the stupid money that some of these other vehicles have. Mm-hmm. And uh, pickup trucks are a great uh, first, first so, buy. So they're more like a... A little bit more practical. More practical, not quite, sure. quite like collector. Well, yeah, just, just for looking at. Or yeah, whatever. well, and, and and they made they made tons of them. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You see, so there's still a and bunch around. Plenty of parts. And oh yeah. Well, certain models, sure. I mean, uh, some of the let's say a, a '57 Dodge pickup is tougher to get parts and pieces for than say a a, a '50. 58, 59 Chevy truck, you know, something like that. Um, but, you know, um, they can be found. The, the vehicles can be found. It just depends on what you want, you know. Okay. Well, we, we were talking uh, previously about how paint and body can really add to the total cost of your of your car oh, before, before it's all said and done. Well, sure. If, Tell yeah. me a little bit about that. Okay. Well, first off, if you're, if you're thinking about buying a, a classic car, the, the best advice I could give you is to try to buy one that's done. Uh, you know, in other words, finished or, or almost finished. <laughs> Let's say, you know, maybe only needs a few little detail items. Um, you will come out and you will save thousands upon thousands because if you if you you know kind of kind of you know take the cheap route and oh well I got this car for you know a thousand bucks out of a field but it needs everything um, these days the paint and body is is insanely high due to EPA regulations. Uh, the cost of materials, paint and whatnot is extremely expensive. I mean, you can be looking at, an, uh, you know, let's say 12 to 15 grand for paint and body work is not uncommon. And I mean, it, it, it is stop your heart thinking about that much money for pa a paint job, you know? And that's not even including... If you need to buy parts like ex new fingers, sheet metal, right? No, yeah. that that's probably not. I mean, you know, that's replace that's, doors. Yeah, or whatever. I mean, it, it can it can get really out of hand, mm -hmm. um, really out of hand in a in a hurry. <laughs> okay, well, so but that, like that's I say, good it, advice. Yeah, try to try to get one that's as far along as you can possibly afford. Let's put it that way, you know course if if uh if you got deep pockets then don't worry about it right well get get <laughs> get one that's done sure you know um you know it, you know and, and to that point um there's a whole lot of people that get halfway through a project uh three quarters of the way through a project and then they due to life getting in the way they've got to sell it right or they lose interest so there is always projects, unfinished projects to be had that they have already spent thousands on chrome. They've got the paint done. They've got this done. They've got that done. And usually people are wanting to get out of those things. And you can get those cars for sometimes pennies on the dollar. And you can hit a major home run. But... There again, you need to be able to do a lot of the work yourself or be willing to learn how to do the work yourself, you know, because if you, if you take it to some big shop and pay them to have it done, you know, you're... It's going to add up fast. Yeah, it's going to add up quick, sure, sure. And there's a lot of unscrupulous, there's a lot of unscrupulous restoration shops that will just be more than happy to 
try to get take your money. Try huh? to get every penny they can. Out of okay, you. so you've had you've had customers from around the world, right? Uh, can you think of a story of someone you know and some people that have come to your shop from another country that that you might want to recount? Well, it. I know you've had a lot of people come through. Yeah, this there was a, f- a fellow from France that uh, that uh, brought his car, had his car shipped over to get some things done on it, and it was a it was a T Bird uh, convertible, and it brought to me because that's one of my specialties is fixing the the, the mechanism of the convertible tops. Uh, so he brought it, and this this fellow couldn't speak uh, very much English at all. Uh, he he at the time it was uh, you know I was working at a shop, and and he stayed at the shop owner's house while he was here, and uh, the shop owner you know laughed and said to me that this he lived along a this guy or the the shop owner lived along a highway and that this uh, French guy would just go and for hours stand out in the yard at the fence just watching American cars go by. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just absolutely loved them, and he would just stand out there for hours watching the cars go by. You know? And these are late model cars. <laughs> yeah, he didn't care. He, he just, he, anything American, he was fascinated by. He loved it, it huh? Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> well, and you had people like... Uh, like famous uh, musicians coming yeah. through. And, yeah. Uh, the guy from ZZ Top. Yeah, Billy Gibbons uh, worked on a worked on a car for him. It was, uh, I think now that car is called the Mexican Blackbird. Mm-hmm. But when he first bought it, it was just a black 58 T-Bird and uh, brought it to me. Um, uh, and uh, had me lower it and fix the air conditioning and something else on it at the time I forget and uh, got to got to meet Billy uh, uh, really a, a, a super super cool guy and a and a, a true a true car guy you know a true car nut like the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> there is a there is a story about a guitar I could tell you about about him that was really cool okay. Um, when when he when he had bought the car, uh, he had flown with the owner of the shop up to Dallas to go buy the car. Well, while they were in Dallas, uh, Billy wanted to go to a uh, there was they were having this big guitar show up there. So um, the owner of the shop went with him and was you know just kind of you know the owner of the shop wasn't really much of a rock and roll guy so he didn't you know he just kind of just tagging along anyhow um they they come back the car comes back to the shop you know there's a list of stuff that i'm to do to it okay great uh, so as i'm working on the car i'm i'm checking the car out i'm I, anyways i open the trunk and in the trunk is this guitar case course i i play a little guitar myself so i'm i'm my curiosity's running wild <laughs> i i gently gently open the case and in the case is a uh what looks like a 56 57 
uh, Les Paul Goldtop, right? And I, you know, ever so carefully lift this guitar out of this case and, you know, play it a little bit and kind of check it out. And I'm just like in awe. I think, I think it's one of the most beautiful guitars I ever saw, you know, and uh, it's, it's got some nicks and scratches. It's obviously an original old guitar. Okay. So I very carefully, very carefully set it back down into the case and shut the case. Like I've never been there. I don't want to make Billy Gibbons mad at me or something. I don't want to be one, you know, jacking around with his guitar or anything. And he had evidently bought this guitar at this show in Dallas and brought it back with the car. So he comes to pick up the car or comes to see the car one day and he's got, you know, two or three guys from his studio in tow and they're all having a good time and joking around and, and stuff. And, and he said, Oh yeah, I got that. I got this guitar. And so they go in the trunk, they, they get out this guitar. And I told him, I said, well, I couldn't help but look at it. I had to look at it and check it out. And he, he, he was okay. He didn't care. Well, so then they asked me if I have any, uh, Thunderbird emblems or, or logos or, you know, the, 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 the scripts or emblem, you know, medallions, things that go on Thunderbirds. Well, the shop that I worked at, we had parted out over 200 T-Birds. So there was tons of that stuff. So I go upstairs, I bring him down, you know, three or four of these emblems and, and different things. And much to my horror, and, and just, uh, you know, like I say, my heart about stopped. This guitar that I just thought was this, you know, pristine, beautiful, uh, you know, should be in a museum kind of thing. These guys take it and have it laying on the concrete and they're spinning it around, turning it different ways, seeing where they're going to drill holes to mount some <laughs> Thunderbird emblems on this old Gibson, right? I was, I was in shock, man. I was in shock. I couldn't believe it, you know. But they're figuring out where they're going to drill some holes and mount mount a T-bird emblem on this old guitar. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it wasn't worth what you thought, or oh, oh, it to may them have, it was just it may have been but, okay. But you know they, you know he was going to do what he was going to do. So you know okay oh, man. So man, I so yeah, that was. Did, did you ask him how much you paid for it? No, I, I did not. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't for me to. I yeah. know, I know. If I would have been there, I probably would have asked. <laughs> but they were, like I said, they were having a good time, and uh, and then later on, I see they they've added uh, different interior. I think he took that car out to California and had one of those California custom guys uh, go through that car and and they painted it. Uh, you know, they added some gold and black to it, and a and a really cool custom interior and. Then they called it the Mexican Blackbird, and it's and it's really a cool looking custom now, you know. Well, I'm sure that's that's a probably a special memory you have. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> well, looking ahead, um, we know that you know the the government is talking about reducing the use of fossil fuels. Mm. Um, do you think that's going to be a problem for classic car owners that or is that something well, that is so far in the 
in the future that we don't need to worry about that? Well, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I can tell you it's it's a problem now what they're doing with the uh, ethanol and the fuel. Mm. Uh, that is is absolutely the worst thing you could ever put in an old car. Um, okay. You know, the old systems, uh, the old cars, of course, they're not fuel-injected, uh, carbureted, you know, mechanical fuel pumps, these kind of things. <clears throat> the alcohol and the fuel, which a lot of it's, you know, between, you know, 10 to 15% on the low side and uh, uh, on the super unleaded, let's say, it can be 25 to 30% alcohol. Alcohol is a wonderful solvent. And so you put it in an old car that may have a bunch of varnish in the gas tank from, you know, 50 years. Uh, it loosens this crud up and puts it into the fuel system. Plus the alcohol eats anything rubber, which is all your hoses, diaphragms, carburetor floats, things like that. So um, <clears throat> it's absolutely horrible. And it causes, I, I would say even right now, uh, I would say right now probably more than 50% of what I do is fuel system related fixing fuel systems rebuilding from, from the gas Yeah problems. from the from the cruddy uh, alcohol gasoline fixing carburetors replacing fuel pumps uh, cleaning tanks or replacing tanks fuel lines what have you um it's just absolutely horrible on an old car and and another thing that kind of compounds it is a lot of these guys with an old car, they think, hey, I've got an old car. This It ought to be running super unleaded, you know, the highest octane I can get because, you know, they had high octane gas in the old days. Well, not necessarily true. Uh, most of these old cars are, are, are quite low compression engines and are, and are very happy on the baseline unleaded, you know. So when these guys put super unleaded in them, it's almost like they're creating their own problems because hmm. it's just more alcohol they're dumping in the system. So, okay, uh, so buy the ethanol free gas. If, yes. If you can get the ethanol free gas, like at Walmart or Bucky's or something, by all means, <clears throat> that's the absolute best thing you could do for an old car. Um, as well as a, a good fuel stabilizer like Startron or, or this, uh, what is it? Uh, Stabil 360, I believe it's called. It's a pretty good one. Uh, <clears throat> you know, um, yeah, fuel system is, is, and, and there again, that's, you know, government mandated, uh, let's, let's subsidize the farmers to make corn and we'll, we'll make, you know, we'll force people to put it in their gas tank. I mean, it's a, it's a. But it doesn't work so good with the. No. Nah. No, a, a late model fuel injected car doesn't care. Runs on it just dandy. But man, not the old ones. The old ones hate it. Absolutely hate it. So. Okay, well, I think you've given us some really great stories and and advice about getting into the classic car. Well, I will say ownership. And last, give us some last well, tips before we go. Okay, well, do your homework. Uh, try to try to gather absolutely as much information about the car you're after. Uh, speak to folks in car shows, uh, even even maybe join a club 
you know, uh, folks, uh, you know, let's say a Corvette club or a GTO club, can whatever you, it is. Can you tell them, the audience, like, how would you find a club like that? Is it well, like, like say, Facebook at, or? At, well, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Facebook events. Mainly at, mainly at car shows is the best place. So because you'll you, talk to somebody directly. So just, like, look around, like, your little, your town, your city, like, listing of events and things and. Find well, a car show to go to. Yeah, either that or, you know, you might see a, a, a car that you like, at, let's say, at a gas station. Just go ask the owner. Most of them, like I say, love to talk about their car. And if they're a member of a club, they're more than happy to say, hey, yeah, come join our club. You know, this is what we do. I mean, uh, it there's a big, there's a, a lot of help out there for somebody wanting to get into classic cars. And... And a lot of help, uh, people that will help guide you to keep you out of trouble. So um, find, so find some, some friends. Sure. And let them. Sure. Help you out. Yeah, if you if you don't if you don't know about the cars, yeah, uh, you know, find somebody that does. You know, find somebody that, you know, knows about them, and and you know to help you look at it or or pay. There's. Services available uh, of people that will inspect classic cars. They may charge I don't know what anywhere between let's say let's say two hundred to five hundred bucks to look at a car depending on where it is location all that kind of stuff. But it might be the best five hundred bucks you ever spent if it keeps you from making a thirty thousand dollar mistake. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's good advice right there. Let an expert check out the car. Sure. And uh, you know the 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 most shops, most classic car shops. If if uh, you know, you could even contact a local classic car shop and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about buying this car. Uh, you know, could you know, can we, you know, could could I bring it and have you look at it? You know, uh, most classic car shops would be happy to look at it for you and and you know, put it up and tell you what they see. You know, I mean, hey, this thing's full of rust. You know, run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> run away. <laughs> or or it might tell you, hey, this is a fantastic car. You ought to buy it, you know. Yeah. So. Go see John. <laughs> He'll tell you. <laughs> well, I don't know if you want to tell him where you work or not. No? Okay. All righty, well... That was a, a awesome, awesome session, and I really appreciate your your help with that uh, topic there. Glad to do it, and thank you for having me on. Well, you know, I'll probably have you on again since. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Might even uh, make you my co-host if uh, you, you yeah. know. I can. Uh, I, I don't can, know. Are you a guest, a co-host? I don't know. I can. I can talk about anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for uh, checking out Blue Skies and Green Pastures, and uh, hope you come back again. And hope you learned something today. I know I did. I'm ready to go out and get my my new Corvette, uh, <laughs> or or maybe a. I don't know, muscle car of some kind. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, 
I know John, I'll be in good hands with my classic car specialist here. So if you have any uh, questions or comments, you can send them to Blue Skies and Green Pastures blog at gmail.com or click on the message button on the, this podcast. And I hope you will subscribe and tell your friends. Bye now.